The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? All right, thanks, man. We go again, we go again. How, how yes. about you? Good, thanks. Yes, yes, very well. Rolling towards the end of the season. With no complaints, I have to be honest. Rolling towards the end of the season. It has been a lot. It has it been, has been a, a very long season. Um, apologies for that this is coming a little bit late. We had to re-record. We had some audio issues, so we had to do this again. And uh, travel meant that we couldn't do it until now. So we're recording this on Monday evening during the second leg of the Haas-Fahl-Stuttgart-Relegation playoff. Mm. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're a Haas-Fahl fan, well, Haas-Fahl won up, by the way. It's nine minutes in and they won up. So the comeback is on. Wow, fingers, is well, on. fingers crossed for close outcome. Like I've mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of the... Yeah, not a big fan of the relegation playoff, but still, we'll see how but, it plays um, out. We'll keep an eye on that before we finish recording, and then we'll touch on it maybe on Thursday show. Uh, some quick admin: we're not going to talk about the men's FA Cup final today because we did that with Ian on Wright's House. Go search for Wright's House on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're having trouble with it updating on Apple, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Hopefully, that should fix it. We're also not going to go too deep on the women's Champions League final because Flo and the gang did that on Counterpress. So if you want to hear a big breakdown of that and you haven't subscribed to Counterpress, what are you doing? Go and search for Counterpress on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that was the final Writer's House of the season, by the way. So uh, Writer's House is on its summer break. There's a few stadio- stadios left. We're going to do Thursday. We're going to go straight after the Champions League final on Saturday. Yep. Um, and then I was thinking maybe we should do an end of season mailbag that we can use as our wrap up let's do it and then we'll have one more bonus episode for one you one podcast to rule them all yes <laughs> very in much the darkness the- bind them <laughs> <laughs> lord of the pods there, everyone's going to be like what are you talking about pod of the rings sorry um, one final piece of admin if you or anyone you know is an Everton fan, please direct them to the Dyshed Up t-shirt. All of the money is going to Everton in the community. Referencing that podcast after Sean Dyche's first game in charge at Everton when they beat Arsenal 1-0, we said that they were all Dyshed Up and we sang a little bit of Dyshed Up, we're not going down in the tune of Akon. They were not and going down. They didn't go down, so now you can they wear didn't. it with pride. Yeah. Um, go on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash stadio. Got the link there at the top. You can 
uh, go and buy it. It's They're available to pre-order for another week and a half. All the profits going to Everton in the community. Uh, and Stadio Archers plays on Spotify. All the tunes we play out on each episode. Newest one is at the top. So today we're going to do some football. We'll do some like a roundup in part one. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about some footballing goodbyes that happened yes. this week. Uh, so let's get into it after this. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, man. So Barcelona regained the Champions League on Saturday. They beat Wolfsburg 3-2 coming from behind. To be fair to Barcelona, Barcelona cooked early, but Wolfsburg cooked too and they pressed at the base of midfield and basically scored a goal almost identical to the one that Leon took the lead with in last year's final. Pressing them at the base of midfield, trying to play out from the back. Eva Pior seized upon a mistake from Lucy Bronze and then... Angry goal? Yeah, angry goal. Ripped it from distance and Panos wasn't expecting it. Moved in the air, maybe could have done slightly better, but I think the speed of the movement beat her. And then it was 1-0 after what, like five minutes? Three. Three, Mike, earlier, even the earlier. The thing I really loved about Pio's goal was that she dispossessed bronze and then the next touch was just to smash it as hard as she could. <laughs> right, right. And you wonder if they they were... You wonder if that was almost an instruction just to shoot on sight the moment mm. you win the ball from a breakdown. Because Barcelona, it's the one, I suppose the one weakness we've seen consistently from them in the late stages of the Champions League has been really, really aggressive pressing in parts of the field. They're not expecting it because yeah. people don't have the guts to press that high. Uh, but yeah, great strike, 1-0. And then they doubled the lead close to half time when Alex Pop, who was playing as kind of like a left winger in a 4-3-3, Surged through the middle, bundling Mapilay onto the ground with immense disrespect and scoring ahead of the far post. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mapilay couldn't believe it. She looked at the referee and was just like, "Excuse me, did you see what? Did really? you see what just happened?" <laughs> usually, usually they don't fight back when I do that to them. <laughs> Absolutely, she couldn't believe it. Classic matchup that one. It was, a great, it was a great matchup it. actually. Was it was amazing throughout the yeah. game actually, and and actually credit to Barcelona because though Wolfsburg were two 0 up. Barcelona kept playing their football, actually. Mm. Um, kept producing a high quality of chance. And they get to the half and actually with Barcelona, just not safe. I think if Wolfsburg could look back at the game, the one thing they might change is go to the ref at halftime and say, actually, can we just not have a break? Can we just mm. play through? <laughs> because the problem with Barcelona is you can't give them time to clean their teeth. And they gave them time to clean their teeth at halftime. They licked their wounds and they came out and they were absolutely brutal. They got two back within, what, 10 minutes? Of the pause, was, uh, five minutes. First one from Gujaro was yeah. forty-eight minutes. Second one was two minutes later. Oh my god, even quicker! And interestingly, they both came from working down the Wolfsburg 
left back position. They kind of mm. seem to, I don't know whether that was something that they discussed at half time, but um, different kinds of goals, but goals worked in a similar fashion. Uh, the mm. first one was a really lovely finish. Uh, Gajaro opened up her body left foot into the, into the kind of like top of the net. The second one was a, mm. well, it, would, it was like a header, but off the shoulder. Yeah, still, very, still very well worked. Bonmati, brilliant again. Barcelona's movement, just so elusive in those areas. And Who did she been sit devastating. down? Was it Felicitas Rauch? Uh, I think it, it was. Might. To be honest, if I'm going to be slightly critical of any aspect, Wolfsburg's left flank has probably been consistently the one where opponents get a bit more joy like than the right. Like if you look at the right and the left flanks, the left flank is maybe we get slightly more joy than the, the other side, but these are, these are small differences. And I think it just depends who, who, who lines up in front of, of Rauch and what the midfield is doing. Because for example, if Jill Rod has a tendency to, let's say, wander, then... You're, ge- you're, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a generous man, Mr. Hun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think I just think there's certain matchups that are horrible to get. I just think that yeah, those wide areas, those wide forwards, Barcelona are so elite. I think there's a question of it. Once the ball gets to Barcelona in a one-on-one in a wide area, I think could just in deadly trouble. If that's I mean, fair. to be fair, I, I think, think most. Trouble. I mean, most teams in world football would struggle. Most team in world football's left-hand side. Hang on, did I say that right? Most teams in world football's left-hand side would struggle against a trio of Bronze, Bonmati, and Hansen. Yeah, I think you're right to say no one's enjoyed that prospect. No one goes yeah. to bed thinking, oh, wow, oh, I'm yay. really going to enjoy. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> 90 minutes fun. of that. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's never happened. No. <laughs> um, and then, the, but the Very final, the, the winner for, uh, from, from Rolfer, uh, which mm. was 20 minutes from time. A Wolfsburg alum, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, was, I was a big fan of the fact that she didn't just not celebrate. She went full-blown all in. Yeah, Good, wow. because it's a Champions League final and you've just scored yeah, potentially the winner. Your side has been 2-0 down. It's against your old side, but just celebrate. And I'm glad that happened. Also as well, you're right, the, the goal was, was really scrapping. I think, I, I mentioned this, I think on Wrighty's house, but it has to be seen in the context of the pressure that Barcelona had applied. The failure of Wolfsburg to clear their lines, I think one of them struck into another player and it ricocheted into, into mm. um, Rolfo's path. Just the sheer pressure that Barcelona apply, it cannot be overstated. They make, they, disor- they disorientate you because the ball is always coming back. It's coming back within three, four seconds of it departing the box. And knowing that, it makes you frantic. There was one moment in the yeah, end sure. of the, towards the end of the first half, I think it was, where um, Lucy Bronze had big, I got bundled over for the first goal energy and was, mm. and just popped up as like the furthest forward playmaker in the right. Wolfsburg box. And kind of, she did this really neat little bit of footwork actually that nearly, nearly resulted in a chance. But oh, the I pass! Think, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Incredible disguised pass! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and yeah. also, Paredes missed an absolute sitter, like with a free header at the back post, and and Barcelona really could have gone into all. So the fact that they got back level so quickly in the second half, I just think it put Wolfsburg on their heels big time. But also, to be fair, I think Barcelona massively deserved it overall. Yes, yes, but. Wolfsburg could have got back into it right at the end and they actually had a couple of chances like Ava Payor had one chance that she shot which I think was okay Alex Pop looked a bit annoyed that she didn't square it but I think she understood then there was a second one not long after and Pop lost her shit Payor about it I, th- I think that was fair because if you think about it the second attempt 
you've already tried shooting that angle and you know the keeper's not giving any joy from there. You know she's locked in. You'll have much more joy if you just even square it and keep the attack going. Mm. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was a suboptimal decision, mm. I think it's fair to say, on a break. Uh, in the, men, in the men's relegation playoff, by the way, Stuttgart have just equalised. So it's 4-1 uh, in aggregate and it looks like that might be that. Hard, hard work. That, um, yeah. So, um, but yes, back to the Women's Champions League final. And um, a second in three years for Barcelona. Um, I think that will feel a little bit like redemption because they really felt like they deserved last year's. You know, and they, for, they the, seemed for to, how they played prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they seemed to be, because they were moving with a, and I think it was interesting last year because Barcelona seemed to have shifted into an energy of being the next dynasty. And then they mm. got checked by the previous one in like their yeah. first... I mean, Kirk first go, at a re- first go at a repeat, you know, a repeat. They didn't and make sure um, the zombie was dead. That's exactly. the problem. But this time they just, they took care of all, they covered all exits. They so covered man. all exits. They time. need, uh, what was um, Harvey Keitel's character? They, they left, the wolf. Yeah, yeah man. The they, wolf. Did, they left too much evidence. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, congratulations to Barcelona. And like we said, if you want to want more chat about that, go and subscribe to Counterpressed. Yeah. Um, can we quickly just talk about the uh, the, DF, the DFB Pokal finale? We must, yes, let's do it. Oh, actually, before we go to this, very um, quickly, congratulations to Lucy Bronze for being the first English player to win the UEFA Women's Champions League with two different teams, uh, with Lyon and Barcelona, her fourth t- such title in total. Fourth in total, wild. Um, RB Leipzig won the DFB Pokal. They were they retained their their German Cup. They beat Eintracht Frankfurt two 0 Um, Christopher Nkunku with a great performance. Yes, he scored one. He assisted one for Zlobislai, uh, and uh, the assist was really good actually because the awareness that he showed was like all of a sudden there were just like four I think Eintracht players descending upon him, and he just laid it off, and they were all a bit like, oh, it's like an old school NBA center. Yeah, you know, drawing drawing maximum coverage and then just popping it yeah, out to the it shooter. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really was kicked it out for the shooter. I love that. And he was really he got the breakthrough. He um he scored with a shot that was twice deflected past Kevin Trap. I mean, mm. poor poor Kevin Trap. Uh, there was possibly a good chance for Kale Moani earlier, uh, but then there was there was a ch- he had a, he had a chance in a wide area at nil nil. A lot of people thought he should have shot. I think he was too wide to shoot from there. I think it would have been mm. a selfish as and shoot from there. So a yeah, very, very tight game and Leipzig coming through absolutely deservedly. So Nkunku off to Chelsea in the summer and Soboslai very possibly on his way as well, just because yeah. there'll be a lot of, in- there'll be a lot of interest. There's been loads of rumours about him going. Yeah. Hell of a player. But yeah, um, would have been nice to see Glasner win another trophy at Eintracht, but yeah. you know, for the neutral, but yeah. Um, uh, Liga. Auxerre were the final team to drop into the relegation zone on Sunday, uh, Saturday, apologies. Um, so long, uh, non-escape, uh, Auxerre go down. Uh, and PSG's defeat against Clermont Foot at home, 3-2, meant that they only won the league by a point, which is wild. Clermont um, Foot with an instant end-of-season DVD to put out there. I oh, know. Everyone still watches DVDs, but yeah. Um, I think it's Blu-rays now. Yes, Maybe it's VHS's, VHS's are back. And Messi shuffling off into the ether. Who yeah, he didn't look too next? unhappy about it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's had quite the year, hasn't he? He's had quite the couple of years at PSG as well. It just felt like a weird experiment that didn't really happen and it didn't really work out well for anybody. 
A lot of reports saying that he's on his way back to Barcelona. Apparently his dad had a, had a meeting with Laporta today and uh, Messi wants it. They all want it. And if you think, lots of rumours about Ansu Fati being moved out of the club as well. I mean, so the number 10 is going to be available again. I mean, Ansu Fati to PSG wouldn't be the worst place to restart. No, no. Send him to the Bundesliga, man. He needs a nice, he needs, he needs, he needs a football culture that is going to care about him. Dortmund. Interesting because some of us suggested that as a fake trade and some of us got shot down. But anyway, listen, listen, we're not ready for that conversation. Don't remember when I was like, I do Bellingham for Gavi and uh, Ansu Fati. Yeah, but I think you needed more. Yeah, you needed more. But you needed more. Uh, uh, uh. You didn't have the pieces. You needed more. Listen, listen. You needed more. Listen, listen, listen. Enough about enough about me. This is about this big. (laughs) This is bigger than me. Speaking of La Liga, should we go to La Liga? There was a relegation scrap on Sunday, and Valladolid were the side that dropped into it. Almeria escaped, although Valencia, Getafe, Almeria. And Valladolid all drew because obviously they were all uh, well. Valladolid and Getafe were playing each other. Mm. It, was, it was quite difficult to follow at one point who was going to go down, who was going to stay up because of all of the because it's decided on head to head, right? Which I like to be fair. I do like that. Yeah, I think it adds a little bit of extra jeopardy into it, doesn't it? And it feels fairer because sometimes you can just get week and week out, a team can just get drilled. Mm. But I think it rewards how you compete more than goal difference. Because goal difference, you can just rack it up. And that's not necessarily the fairest. I don't know. I never really found that the fairest measure, to be honest. Barcelona's doing their bit as champions by uh, losing 2-1 at Celta Vigo, which meant that Celta Vigo remains safe again. Shout for Gabri Vega, who a lot of of teams are after, scoring twice in that game. Uh, The the second goal, probably slightly fortunate, but the first was an assured finish, excellent finish. Far post, uh, well, across the keeper. So yeah, great work for Celta Vigo and who didn't have to rely on uh, Iago Aspas to rescue them as they do like every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Real Madrid and Atleti both drew, which meant that Real Madrid finished second. And um, we're going to talk about some footballing departures. Obviously, yes. you know, Benzema, a big one. Joaquin, another. But Leos <laughs> wrapped his final game in La Liga before retirement. And this was one of the most emotional... Se- his his send off was more emotional than Zlatan's. It was actually in terms of the player, player emotion. Oh. I just think, but I think there's an element like he was someone who he was such a you know. You talk about referees who've got like main character energy. Very few referees have the billing of star players, but actually he had like star billing, which is remarkable. And I think even even players that he'd booked, even players that he'd sent off, slightly missed him. The where it's like a badge of honor. You know, we had a ref when I used to play at uni. We played in the Oxfordshire Sunday League, right? I played Sunday League up there for one or two years. And we had a ref called Stan. And Stan's life was Stan refing. the he ref. He adored, yeah, literally. He adored this it, sa- right? Sorry to cut, but this sounds like a children's book. Well, he got banned. He got, well, maybe, maybe Stan Mateo got is banned. Like, Stan got banned. Stan got banned. <laughs> but the thing is, even when he finally got banned, someone basically, he used to give yellow cards, red cards all over the place. So he even booked me. I've been booked once in my entire life. He, and he even booked, he booked, booked me. me. You've been booked, even booked once? Once, once. Listen. How? I was a good boy on the finish. Listen, I was, I was, I was, I was well behaved. But listen, it's, it's bigger than me. Do you it's know what? That's, that, that tells you everything you need to know about um, the Freitzleitliga in Germany. Because, <laughs> listen, when you were playing, no offence, but you know, you're playing a few, few levels above that in Germany. I, 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 
I had to serve a suspension once because of accumulation of yellow cards. <laughs> well, we've heard about your disciplinary record. You got sent off as a child. But, I didn't um, get sent off. I got subbed off for a sub, tell my dad off. to make his well, fucking mind up. <laughs> well, th- there he is. But the point being, so with Stan, rather like Matteo Lawrence, when I heard that he had this lifetime ban, even as someone that was unfairly booked by him, disciplined, I just thought, poor guy, because he added to the character of the league. And you think of referees that make controversial decisions, right? Like, Matteo Lars was a funny one because he made some controversial calls. But actually, if you look at more recent games, when he was given big responsibility, really absolutely nailed it. And I think part of the reason he'll be missed is because, especially the increasingly chaotic and frantic and, let's be honest, aggressive atmosphere that refs are working in, you need a really special emotional constitution to be a ref, Ryan. Like I, that job, if you look at the job from the start of his career, I'd be fascinated to discuss with someone like him how much harder refereeing has, has become with the scrutiny, 24-hour analysis, pundits calling you out, referees being you know, called out by managers, like Mourinho-style call-outs as well, where you're being in jeopardy all the time. And he navigated all VAR. of that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's a really good point Ken Early made on Second Captains about how VAR is, is making the referees enforce pedantic laws that is actually causing mm. them more grief. Yeah, yeah. And that's right, Ryan. It's quite, it's, it was quite an interesting point, actually. So there's something quite poignant. I know that we know Matteo Lars has had like plenty of criticism. We've criticised them at times, you know, I think fairly. But there is an element of poignancy about someone who's stayed the course, who's navigated a career at an elite level, not without blemish, but certainly ultimately emerging with great credit. And there's something, there's something sad in that because that's the end of a particular generation and refs coming through now, they're starting their careers in the era of social media, constant scrutiny, threats, all the rest of it. And it's a job that a lot of people, if someone like, you know, people who generation starting out now, would they have, would they have done it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So anyway, what yeah, so, so quite, yeah, something slightly. So it was, yeah, it's quite emotional watching him say goodbye like that because you yeah. realized how respected he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, in Serie A, Napoli got their trophy finally. They got hold of the trophy. Um, did you see Victor Osman's? Oh, amazing! Oh, so amazing good. with his with his with his mini me. Go check Victor Osman's <laughs> Instagram. It's so good. And um, but also there was going to be the first Serie relegation playoff since two thousand and five. Spezia and Verona finish uh, level on points, and um, they will play in a one-off fixture to decide who remains in the league. Yes. The winner takes it all. The winner takes it all. Or the winner just doesn't lose it all. That's true. Depends on... That sounds very much like half empty, half full energy. Yeah, it does. Also, let's shout out Celtic. Celtic won their eighth treble. Ange Postacoglu's first as manager. Maybe his last as manager. Uh, but they were really good. They beat, like it. Yeah. yeah, they beat Inverness Caledonia Thistle, Thistle 3-1 at Hampden Park on Saturday. We're good value for it as well. Although I thought Inverness were were good they put in a really good performance got a late goal to get back into it and then Celtic pulled away right at the end um, it looks like Ange might be on his way to Spurs which is oh my god do you know what if you're a Spurs fan I think you've kind of earned this I think you've earned this you, you're due some some joy you know mm, yeah and uh, my god what a hire that will be listen what a hire that will be. It's the, it's the best visitor to your stadium since Beyonce. I'll tell you that much. Oh. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, shit. Listen, equally box office. Equally Sh- box office. 
some some may say some may say the transitions are just as good. <laughs> wow. Listen, I'm going all in. Look at those look at those analogies. I can imagine Ange on the sidelines just being like, to the left, to the left. Exactly. <laughs> City, can you handle this? <laughs> it's gonna be brilliant. Like I think I'm so excited by that prospect because I think he's a spectacular coach, gets the best out of players. And I think I think someone like Ben Tanko, we talked about him getting more goals and Hoybier, and they, they did a bit under Conte, actually. They did better than I thought in terms of goal production, but he's someone that can really extract the extra 20%. And actually, funny enough, for all the talk of Pochettino going back to Spurs, I like this more because I like the freshness yeah, of it. I like the freshness of it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, from a Celtic point of view, it would be amazing if they could keep hold of him for another year because I'd like to see them, I'd like to see an Ange Postacoglu Celtic side have another go at Europe. Run it back, yeah. Um, and also, I just think that the way that he integrated into the club, into Glasgow, into just that community, uh, it must really, really suck to lose a manager like that. And I hope, obviously we'll talk about this in a lot more detail if and when it happens, but I really, really hope that he is given the time and space and patience to build something at Spurs if he gets the gig. Well, you my talk Ars- about- The Arsenal yeah. part of my brain is just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like the, the, the Stadio neutral part of my brain is like, this would be amazing. In terms of fit, cultural fit, absolutely brilliant. You know, coming from a huge club like Celtic, coming to another club with a long tradition, an old tradition of playing a certain type of football. And he maximised the pieces he had at Celtic. That's the exciting thing. And I just think if you look at what he's got at Spurs, it's one of the few times where, you know, whether, they, whether or not they keep Kane, I think Postacoglu is so good. They'll still play great football, mm. you know, without Kane. Because the thing with Kane is the big fear about the dependency, isn't it, in terms of the source of goals. The thing about Postacoglu that's so special is he has the kind of Nagelsmann thing of he can get goals out of existing pieces that you don't think were there. Yeah. just because of the way he gets teams to attack and the spaces, the quality of chance he creates. And I think, I think Kane will really thrive under him. And I don't know what Kane's plans are for the, you know, the next season, but it's definitely reassuring to have a coach of that quality going to the later stages of your Spurs career. Yeah. But we shall see. We shall see. Quick shout for Belgium. Because Toby Alderweireld went back to Royal Antwerp. Like he, men- uh, like he promised during his career, he said he promised to go there. And despite three different teams winning the title at some point during stoppage time at the end of the final games of the season, mm. Alderweireld stepped up, smashed it in, and won the league for Antwerp. First time they won the title since 1957. The very definition of scenes. And it's funny because Union St. was they actually, um, their club is quite near a mate of mine, lives in in uh, Brussels mm. and they were playing some spectacular football and they're actually one of the clubs that's under the Brighton yeah, yeah. umbrella Dennis Undav was over there I think he came from Gilwaz and they actually beat Union in the uh, in the Europa yeah, League in the Europa so League yeah very very good well, side yeah. very beautiful football great side really impressive so they've been on the rise as well they hadn't won since the 1930s I think and then Genk were in the mix who've been around for a while obviously at the top of that table and the goal from Ida Raul is amazing. My favourite part of the goal, not just the goal, but beyond that was, was the sprint. It's sort of <laughs> epic. Because as a celebration, actually, it was really epic. It was like, was it Blazing Saddles, that movie where like you're running, and like one person's running and everyone joins them? Or like, was it Rocky? 
when like you're running and, okay, and, yeah. by, and by the by the end <laughs> by the time by the time like sliced lane gets by the time rocky gets to the top of the steps in philadelphia everyone's behind him and it's kind of like that it's going to make i don't know who the photographer's on duty but they must have had a great time shooting that looks amazing incred- incredible what? scenes yeah, yeah yeah absolutely incredible what story um, talk about incredible scenes Jason Cummings got a hat-trick in his final game to break the club record and win the A-League for the Central Coast Mariners. They beat Melbourne City 6-1 in Melbourne, uh, upsetting the favourites. The man, affectionately known as Cumdog, signing oh. off with a hat-trick. <laughs> Did you just go, ah? Oh. No, I mean, it's, it's a family nickname, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big win. Big win yeah. for Central Coast Mariners. Talking of big wins, congratulations yes. to Club Leon for beating uh, LAFC in the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. 3-1 on aggregate, 1-0 in the second leg. Really impressive from them. Closing that out, their first victory. They've been to the final in 93, but lost. This is their first win. So congratulations to them. Hope the celebration is as huge as the win was. Um, speaking of big wins, Rami Benzabaini signed for Dortmund. I love that. I love that. Do you know what I hate about the Bundesliga, Musa? What's that? Bayern just keep buying all the best players. <laughs> I love Benzabaini to Dortmund because yeah, he's maybe the most he's maybe the most Dortmund fullback who hadn't yet played for Dortmund until that signing. He's an incredible like, replacement for Guerrero. <laughs> so good. Someone knows what they're doing at Dortmund. Uh, goal Ooh, scoring, yeah. fullback, attacks beautifully, fine counter attacker. Didn't have Very the most amazing defender. season this year, but I mean, but, but Gladbach did, as a whole were a bit up and down. Yeah, but who did it, Gladbach? Daniel Fark has gone as well. So mm. that tells the story. Aye. Um, and speaking of wins, one final win. And that's racism, Musa. Because I think... <laughs> I think... Oh no, you're going to go there. Okay, go on. I do it, do think it. the Spanish Football Federation have figured out how to solve it. And what they've decided on doing is that Spain and Brazil are going to play a friendly to fight against racism. Where's the friendly going to be? I don't actually know. Why do we put in a stadium where black players have already been racially abused this season? You know, why not just give people a chance to just go at them again, you know? It's, well, it's going to be in March 2024. And the motto... Are you ready for the motto? Oh my goodness, here we go. The same skin. Oh my God. <sighs> Just the meaningless of it. The meaninglessness of it. It's just such a... There really are people in the football that think we're just doing diversity in quotes. They really just roll their eyes. There, are, there really are people in football at a senior level who roll their eyes when black players go, actually, this is really serious. Because those people have never been in any kind of like mortal danger because of how they appear. It's just absolutely ridiculous, man. Like Spain, Brazil, friendly, solidarity. No, just, just sanction people, actually. Sanction actually people, sanction just institutions. Just, yeah, just do what you're supposed to do. Just do your go actual on. jobs. Do your actual yeah. jobs. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We'll not be watching that. I'll make sure you won't watch it. Don't worry. <laughs> no interest. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure that we take that week off. Oh, Should we put, em- put it in the calendar? Musa, put it in the calendar now. March 2024. Emphatically taking off. that off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of breaks, let's take a quick one and then we'll be back with part two. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment 
just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, man. So there were some footballing goodbyes this weekend. Zlatan yes. Ibrahimovic retired. Joaquin retired. Karim Benzema left Real Madrid. Yes. I did Aiden Hazard, actually, by mutual consent. Yeah. But um, that one was, let's say, mourned a little bit less. Mm, it was. Um. And Lionel Messi, we mentioned leaving PSG, but we'll touch on, should we maybe just cover the Messi one when we know where he's going? Because yeah, right, do it. Yeah. who knows? I still think, I still think there's, I still think there's one more chapter in the Lionel Messi top level football tale. But we'll, yeah, t- interesting. we'll cover interesting. that when we, when it, if you watch him go and just completely prove that false now. Um, where do you want to go first, Slatan? Uh, yes, I think Slatan because he's Benzema's not retired. So I think Slatan, we have to start with that in terms of him and his legacy. First of all, shout out to AC Milan for doing incredible goodbyes. That is a club that really does a great send off. So they had, I'm not sure what the music was, but they had some like really emotional music, stirring strings coming in, some famous film. I completely slipped my mind what music it was, but um, he walks into the stadium. Crowds like, you know, obviously like stands are full, eyes are full of tears um, in the crowd and his own eyes full of tears too. And he gives a really um, emotional speech. And there's a thing about Zlatan where, you know, he's played for a succession of top clubs, but he really kind of found himself at Milan. And that's fascinating because it feels like the greatest connection he got to the club was when he was his most mortal mm. in this kind of godfather slash grandfather slash mentor role in the dressing room. I suppose they call it an alpha, really, in very sort of basic terms. But yeah, the leadership that I think he provided in that that championship winning season, the first in 11 years, and he took them back to the summit. Seeing what that meant spiritually to players and coaches and Maldini in the director's box. And those two actually, you talk about, and you mentioned before, one of your favourite phrases, giving huge credit. Credit, I think, to Zlatan and Maldini in restoring Milan to a place not only at an elite level in, in Serie A, but in Europe, like going to a Champions League semi and Milan kind of being on people's lips late in the season, 
late in May, that's where Milan kind of belong. And Zlatan's, Zlatan's legacy, I think a big part of his legacy is, is taking him there again. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's interesting that he played more games for PSG, but I feel like, like you mentioned, Milan is the place that he feels more beloved. Mm. I feel like, and I think he is more, I think he is more beloved yeah. there. Yeah, I, so it, I think it was fitting that he saw out his career there. And I, I will say about Zlatan as well, great players need great projects. And you look at someone like Samuel Eto'o, what he did at Barca, what he did at Inter, great projects. Zlatan, I think, didn't really have a great project until Milan, funnily enough. Both as first and second stages, you know, 2010-11 and then the comeback. I think that his body of work at Milan in a funny way, it might be the thing he remembers perhaps most fondly. Mm. Because at Barcelona, it was his dream to go there. It didn't work out as he wanted because Messi wanted to go central. What was it he said? I was doing fine and the little one started to talk. <laughs> the famous quotes. Um, Messi coming in from the wing and just, you know, Messi's the only player in world football pretty much who could have come in and taken Zlatan's spot at that point for specifically he was doing. So it was a tragedy there for him. Juventus, he was brilliant, but not really used fully as a goal scorer. Though I loved what he did there, funnily enough. And maybe my favourite Zlatan was the early years, I think. You know, Zlatan at yeah, I agree. Juve. Zlatan yeah. at Juve as the kind of nine and a half, ten with someone ahead of him was just devastating. And like, and the back end of the Ajax career as well. Because, I mean, someone that tall with that kind of ball-playing ability right, and, and that the speed, pace. The speed. The pace, right. man. Oh, my God. And I think that the, the thing for Zlatan was, was a bit of a shame was that he started referring to himself in third person and calling himself a lion and stuff like that. It all just got a bit like... I think okay. he obscured his talent, unfortunately. I, I think- agree, actually. I, I actually think we've talked about this before on Stadio about how if... I mean, you know, who are we to tell people what to do kind of thing? But it, mm. if he... I think, like, he he hyped his own legacy so much that it actually made you realise it could have been even better. I think Peak Zlatan in this inter-team going into this Champions League final is like the perfect configuration. Yeah. For those who didn't see, I mean, look, he's not been, no, Zlatan's not like, he's not 80, so a lot of people saw him, but for those who didn't really catch fully peak Zlatan, I think his ideal position is the Lautaro Martinez role off of Dzeko. Linking with that midfield is devastating in that role, in that kind of pocket, because I never really felt he was his best as a nine, funnily enough. Yeah, I think I like he was in the half space with someone, yeah. Yeah, in the half space, but still, but either sort of left side, right side, just tucking in. So yeah, um, a great career, trophies galore. Maybe probably fancy slightly more. Maybe the European Cup evaded him, but then again, the European Cup evaded Patrick Vieira and and the Brazilian Ronaldo. So you know, no shame there. And I wonder what he'll do with his retirement. Probably a uh, business. I mean, he's, he does a lot of business stuff, investments. So I'm not sure if he'll be a sort of Football director, I'm not sure if that's the uh, kind of job he'd personally enjoy, but um, yeah, we'll see. But a great career. Um, great career. And Joaquin retired as well from he Betis, did. a Betis legend. Love that story. Finally. We need to do like a, a folk hero 11 because I feel like Joaquin is such a folk hero in terms of a player that could, in, yeah, right, in terms of a player who could have gone anywhere in the world. And who left and went to Valencia, who you know, who was brilliant there, then returned to And Betis. he went to Fiorentina. He had a very, like, you know when we play those games of like, let's imagine your perfect career. It sounded like one of yours, actually. I tell you what, he ate some good food. Oh, I knew you were going to, I was literally about uh, no, to say, because well, I, I was like, I can hear, I could have heard, heard Joaquin saying, mm, the food, you know. Mm, and mm, you, food, mm, food. His career is the mm, food tour. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> because really, look, I mean, Betis, Valencia, Florence, uh, Fiorentina, I mean, that's a, it's a strong. Then back to Betis for dessert. And what a dessert. Won a Copa del Rey on his return. Yeah. A phenomenal player who could have gone anywhere in the world, but stayed with the club he loved. And he gave this beautiful farewell speech and he said, I was, I'm wacky enough Betis. Oh. It sounded like something from Gladiator, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I will have my vengeance. <laughs> what a player. Folk Hero 11, he's the captain. You've got to say that. I think the criterion for the Folk Hero 11 has to be, you look at the trophy cabinet, it doesn't tell anything close mm. to the full story. So you, you throw Santi Cazorla in there as well. Oh, for that same Santi. reason. Santi. Oh, the magician. Oh, Sorry. You, Santi. Get me emotional. Sorry. Oh, Santi. Come back. Come and be part of Mikel's coaching staff, please. A gorgeous player, um, Joaquin, for, for Spain as well. Played 50-odd games, but unfortunately played his last game for them in the qualifiers, uh, I think the 2008 uh, Euros, where he basically criticised the Ragunas after a loss to Northern Ireland and was not seen again in the national team. And of course, Spain go on a huge run and that was the birth of what they became. Mm. Someone who won't be in the Folk Hero 11 and has won many trophies is Kareem Benzema, mm. who's announced that he's leaving Real Madrid. Definitely the anti-Hero 11. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He's leaving Real Madrid after 14 years and he, it looks like he's off to Saudi Arabia. Kind of amazing that he saw off so many other players at Real Madrid and, and survived if you think of the pressure, for that long. Yeah. Got there in 2009 was touted by many to be a kind of French answer to Ronaldo. Huge pressure, huge pressure. Arriving from Lyon in his early 20s after some brilliant form there. Uncertain start. Mourinho actually alluded to that um, in some comments a while back about Benzema having a tough start. Started and got in quite a bit of trouble and then, primarily for France, and then became a leader by the end. A leader and someone that was mentoring players and that's a role that came late to him. His finishing was absolutely decisive in those final five seasons. There's a season, I think before that, 17-18, where he gets like five and 30-odd games in the league, but then really takes off after that point. Once Ronaldo leaves and the central gravity shifts, because Benzema did a lot of selfless work. Mm. He did a lot of, you could argue, charitably speaking, that a lot of his finishing was streaky because he wasn't the primary finisher for a long time at... Um, Madrid and Madrid he was basically the foil rather like Wayne Rooney had been but still got his fair share of goals and the impressive thing about what he did rather like Rooney when Ronaldo left to United was they really stepped up and claimed the responsibility and became one of the most ruthless finishers European football has seen actually mm. and that legendary run he went on you mentioned this actually we were talking before um, about how Lewandowski and Benzema mm. had that thing where they just became Absolutely I kept getting better. Knocked him with it. Yeah, wild. Yeah. I've no, it's, it's unbelievable, actually. If you, think if you saw they... Lewandowski at Dortmund when he scored the four against Madrid in the Champions League, if you said, oh, that's not even the best he'll get, you'd be like, no way. That's not even his final form. But somehow. Both of them peaking in their 30s at a time where, in an era where players just didn't seem to peak. Then. And physically, like, just brutal. Like, ext mm. not just technically off the scale, but physically extremely imposing. Benzema just, there was a point, particularly, that actually funny enough, the season which they lose the league to Atleti and Benzema just basically, I was like, almost like a one-man 
title race to drag them back into Real. And he is scoring like Benzema 87 minutes, Benzema 88, Benzema 90 plus three. Like late equalizers, late winners, mm. and just week after week. And it was, I think we described we describe this on the podcast as demoralizing. He's one of the few strikers that had a demoralizing effect on opponents and had the unique ability, well, not unique, but the very rare ability to scent the weakness mm. in an opponent. Probably the player with the one, apart from Lewandowski, with the highest number of goals scored a couple of minutes apart, like brace, like quick fire braces. He was the one of the masters of the quick fire brace. Yeah. I mean, this year he seemed to struggle for the first time mm. in a while. And he said that he would leave Madrid as soon as he felt his level dropping. Yeah. And that, I think, yeah. I think you could see that at various points this season. Um, but he got his Ballon d'Or that he deserved, I think. And, um, I mean, he saw off like, I mean, who was Raul still there when he went? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's like Raul and. Tell end uh, of Higuain. Higuain. Higuain was in the, in the mix. Yeah. I mean, Higuain was there till 2013. You know, she so was definitely there. And Higuain's um, got a lot of goals. A Luka lot of Jovic, goals. Like coming in, was like, nah. You know, there was, a, there was, a, and even Chris, he saw off Cristiano Ronaldo basically. And, and he, Gareth he hung, Bale. And also, like, even, even to hang in there. And wait yeah. for his turn when Cristiano was there. That's a big, big deal. Yeah. And he'll go down as an all-time Real Madrid great. Isn't he the second all-time scorer, I think? Yeah. yeah. Which is just, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I reckon we bounce her because it's late and we've, we, we did a re-record and blah, blah, blah. And I think we've covered the main bases. I think we've said, yeah. said respectful goodbyes um, yeah. to players. So shall, we, so shall we say respectful the best goodbye stage. to each other? Respectfully, yes. I think we should. <laughs> right, respectfully. <laughs> um, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Don't forget, if you want more men's FA Cup final stuff, go check Wrighty's House. If you want more Women's Champions League stuff, go check Counter Breast. We'll be back on Thursday. And also don't forget to check the Stadio Archers players on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on... And it's not... It's not often I say this, Musa, that we, I think this is, we're playing out on a tune that I imagine Jordan Pickford will love. <laughs> it's the vocal mix of Just a Memory by Endangered Species. Uh, and it just felt very kind of like post-cup final, yeah, sun's this out. Big Pickford energy, this. Yeah. Love Get it. Get the rave on. Yeah, uh, anything yeah. you want to add, Musa Gonga? What can I add to that? Musa's, <laughs> he's gone. Musa's off. <laughs> Musa's bouncing <laughs> up into the club. <laughs> All right, everyone, much love. Uh, We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.